You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now. You'll get all the sleepers, bus picks there for week number three here in the NFL, as well as uh, our rankings by position and my decider column, the start sits here for week number three. So check that out as well. The picks straight up and picks against the spread are available there too, so check all that out. It's time now to turn the page to our games of the week as we do a double dose of matchup shows. Today's matchup Wednesday, so we'll talk about the first half of the games here on the week three slate, starting with Thursday night, and uh, we'll come back with the later afternoon games and uh, the Sunday night and Monday night games tomorrow on matchup Thursday. So gives us a little time to break down all the games there on the schedule, give them each their due in a breakdown here for you. And uh, that's what we do. And uh, we better get started. We just have a lot to talk about here. So let's dive in to the uh, Titans and uh, Jaguars. And not the most exciting fantasy football matchup to open the week here. The Titans are two-point favorites in this one. And uh, you look at it, uh, we don't expect too many points. I mean, the over-under is pretty low here overall. So looking at 39, so pretty low total there to start the week. So I don't think you want to invest too much in this game. I think you look at uh, Leonard Fournette and Derrick Henry, that's pretty much where you're going to stick. I mean, these are guys that you drafted there as your high-end running back twos here. So that's who you're going to play. I think the Titans and Jaguars' defenses are also something to consider. But Marcus Marietta, far off the radar, Gardner Minshew is not a guy that you're running to go pick up and play, especially against a good Titans defense. So these receivers, DJ Chark and uh, Chris Conley, have been off to a hot start, but D.D. Westbrook has been quiet. The Titans have a pretty good deep secondary here and a good defense overall. So, again, other than the running backs and the defenses, that may be also where you want to go if you're playing this as a single-game showdown there on DraftKings. I think that's what you want the biggest shares of, and it uh, makes sense because those are things that you would typically stack in correlation. So that's where you would go there. So I would make sure I get... Fournette, Henry, the defenses, and uh, just punt on the other positions here if you're going to do that. But uh, Fournette has looked pretty good, but I think he can be better. We want him to score touchdowns there. The Jaguars aren't doing much of that uh, on the ground right now there. So that, that part hurts with the Minshew in there. I mean, Derrick Henry's looked great to begin the season. One monster game, one solid game there, and that will continue here for the Titans. Could have had easily two touchdowns last week, but they through to the offensive lineman there off play action. So I think Derrick Henry, we know what he did in this matchup last year, well over 200 yards at a 99-yard touchdown round, four scores. So he's itching to go, and he is firing up a borderline RB1 now with his usage and production. As a, This game certainly won't get out of hand, and he'll be in there. And Deion Lewis, I think he's a guy that you can cut off your team right now. He's just faded from usage in this offense. Henry's also pretty good as a receiver. We saw that uh, thunderous run he had in uh, week one against the Browns off the catch. So Henry locked in. He's the guy that is clearly the best hammer play in this game. And uh, 
again, the Jaguars' defense can be tough in the passing game, so nothing you want to trust elsewhere on the Titans in this uh, low-scoring affair. The next game we'll talk about as we stay in the AFC South, at least half of this game is. The other part is in the NFC South. The Colts are hosting the Falcons. This is the Colts' home opener, by the way. One-and-a-half-point favorites at home, the Colts are. That's where the line is trending to right now. Some people have it on the Atlanta side, but still, Indianapolis favored uh, so pretty barely here with the home field kind of making the difference. Uh, 47 over-under, so pretty healthy over-under here, so we expect some points. We'll start with the Falcons side of things on the road. It's the best matchup so far for Devonta Freeman. I really like him to rebound here. You know, Smith will get a few touches here behind him, but Freeman ran into a wall against the uh, Eagles and then previously the Vikings. So I think with the Colts, you can definitely run on them. They've been gashed here in the first two weeks uh, by Austin Eckler and uh, Derrick Henry, respectively. So you look at that and uh, say Freeman is a good rebound spot, I think, at this point. As well as Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley is locked in your lineup. He's just too much of a threat to score every week. He had 10 touchdowns last year, has a touchdown each of the games early the season. So does Julio Jones. So those guys are locked in together. Because this is a passing team, but I think this week they'll be a little bit more running. For that case, I don't really like Austin Hooper as much. He's not getting much attention there anyway with these wide receivers playing the way they are, and it's Dark Cutter's offense. So Freeman, I think, gets going a little bit here. Matt Ryan, I don't really love individually. He's turning over the ball a lot. And that's kind of cutting into his volume here, and I think there might be a slightly less volume to, to curb that with uh, Freeman getting some work and doing some damage this week for the Falcons. And I kind of like the Colts' defense a little bit as a deep sleeper there at DFS. If you're stuck and other people have jumped on all the glitzy defenses of the week, Colts typically play better defense at home. They might not have Darius Leonard or Pierre Desir, two key players, but I think Colts can get after it. Matt Ryan has been sloppy with the ball a little bit, so... Not a bad play there. I mean, if you want to look into Jacoby Brissett as well, and the Falcons do struggle there with uh, quarterbacks who are big and mobile. We saw that early. Uh, Kirk Cousins was able to score a rushing touchdown against them. Carson Wentz did. Brissett, that's part of his MO here in, in the red zone. So that part can help as well. He's been distributing multiple touchdowns. T.Y. Hilton there. I think uh, they're going to have some success getting the ball downfield to Hilton, uh, maybe mix it up with Paris Campbell, Deion Kane, those type of players. I don't really like the tight ends. The Falcons are very good at safety and linebacker with all their guys healthy now. So, But uh, Brissett can find ways to get production. And uh, Marlon Mack, that's going to set up a lot of the action. Marlon Mack, not a very good game against that tough Titans D, but big rebound spot here at home. He's had some monstrous home games. He had a big game there in week one against the Chargers. He'll be more to that level. Marlon Mack here than he was uh, in uh, week two. So that's how you, f- if Brissett's a sleeper, Mack's a must start. Hilton is now locked in, being a touchdown maker for uh, Brissett and again, Colts as a sleeper in defense. But in terms of investing elsewhere in this game, I think uh, I'm going to avoid it as much as possible. Now, we'll move on here to our next game that we'll talk about in this window before taking a break. It's the Bengals and the Bills, and uh, with this game, uh, it's really about the Bills and their potential here. Their home opening as well. They're six-point favorites here. The 44 is the over-under. So with the with the Bills, uh, this is a great spot. We'll have to see what Devin Singletary shows up with the hamstring injury. I like him. I like him and Frank Gore because we saw that Raheem Mostert and Matt Breida and Jeff Wilson all went off there against this atrocious Bengals run defense. So 
there's room for all those guys to produce. I think you're not going to stretch beyond that, but Gore and Singletary are good plays here as RB2s and flexes. And uh, if Singletary misses, then Gore is in an excellent spot to get the touchdowns and uh, the rushing production like he did last week when uh, Singletary had to leave the game there against the Giants. I think John Brown is a guy that I'm still interested in. Josh Allen scored a rushing touchdown each game and has a passing touchdown. He looks solid here as a very usable uh, 12-team league quarterback this season and high-end in a 2QB Superflex league for sure. So, again, the Bengals just are looking bad all over the field. So get in all your Bills principles here this week, Bills defense included in that mix. And then on the Bengals side, I'm not really feeling much. I think you have to give Joe Mixon another game here to do what he does. If Tyler Boyd is in your lineup because he'll be in the slot. But John Ross on the outside is going to get the speedy Tredavious White. He's done enough damage here for two weeks. They need to take him out. Uh, you can't always hope for that random garbage way late in the game. And uh, I just don't see John Ross keeping this up. People are going to realize that the Bengals don't have a running game. They can drop their safeties back, stop these big plays. Uh, really come after uh, Andy Dalton here, and I think the Bills' pass rush can dominate here. Cincinnati's offensive line having a whole bunch of issues with Cordy Glenn, the former Bill, having concussion out, and um, they had to bench their first-round pick as well, Billy Price in the middle. So all kinds of things that the Bills can wreak havoc up front, and that's why you got to love their defense this particular week to really produce here in uh, fantasy football and be very pleasing in a good DFS play. And I think they'll be better than what we saw even against the Jets and Giants because uh, of the turnover rate and the dropbacks of the Bengals. And uh, Andy Dalton's been sacked big time here against the Seahawks and 49ers. That continues here against the Bills as well. Before we uh, get into our next wave of games, uh, i got to tell you that uh, this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by Peloton. Can't find a workout that keeps you engaged? Peloton is an immersive cardio experience with real-time features that will always keep you coming back. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike and get a cardio workout at home that you can't beat anywhere else. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code LOCK to get started. Again, OnePeloton.com. Use the promo code LOCK to get started. Uh, and uh, this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is also brought to you by Blue Chew. And guys, uh, we've got to take that break here. Before we take our break to talk about sex, we're not talking about just good sex, uh, ordinary sex. We're talking about great sex. And there's one way you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. You just got to go to bluechew.com. Blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew, you're getting the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that it works. You can take Blue Chew anytime, day or night. And because they're chewable, they can work up to twice as fast as pills, so you can be ready whenever that opportunity arises. Guys, we're all used to talking a good game and boasting about our performance in bed, but Blue Chew is what you really need to help with your follow-through there and uh, score a touchdown every time there when it counts. Blue Chew prescribed online, ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so none of that awkwardness that comes with that in-person's doctor visit or waiting in the pharmacy. And Blue Chew is also cheaper than a pharmacy because it prepares and ships directly to you. Right now, you have a special offer as a listener to Lockdown Fantasy Football. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's right, absolutely free. Just go to B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON. You only pay the $5 shipping. Blue Chew, the better, cheaper, and faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Fantasy Football. 
We'll be right back here to uh, look at the next wave of games here, including our game of the week in segment number two. All right, uh, we'll spend a little more time here talking about one particular game here as we've got uh, three down. Uh, we've got uh, five more to talk about, then we have eight more to talk about tomorrow on Matchup Thursday. So uh, keep it here, there to get all your insight on all the games here of week three. Uh, the Chiefs and Ravens is our game of the week that we teased. Uh, pretty obvious here. Uh, it's uh, minus seven in favor of Kansas City. That makes it pretty reasonable here. 55 is the over-under. Uh, over As you can guess, two of the quarterbacks that are hottest in the league here, uh, away from Dak Prescott and Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes dealing in the same game here. And uh, I think it's going to go over, so I think the points are going to live up to expectations here completely. And uh, we'll start with the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson stays locked in. It's not just the product of the Dolphins and Cardinals. The Chiefs are not a good defense anyway. I, I think he'll be balling on the road. Remember, he had a very good fantasy game rushing the football here in Arrowhead last year. He was a lot more comfortable this year. So Lamar Jackson, he has to be started every week at this point until we see something else. But he's running and passing are unprecedented, and you want that in your lineup. He's the perfect fantasy football quarterback right now. This matchup is not daunting. He's going to have to put it up in the air. Good things all around for Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. You're going to attach them to Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram as well, if he's healthy and plays through. You want to keep those guys in your lineup uh, the way this offense is rolling right now, especially in a high-scoring game where they're going to have to do a lot against the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs side, uh, this Ravens defense, the reputation is not matching uh, what they really are right now because they have Earl Thomas, sure, but they lost uh, Eric Weddle there. Thomas is replacing Weddle. You lose C.J. Mosley, Terrell Suggs, Darius Smith. You've had Tavon Young, the slot corner, go down. Jimmy Smith, the second corner, is down. So you're down to basically Marlon Humphrey and trying to hold down the Chiefs. That's not going to cut it. So Humphrey's okay, but we saw both Cardinals receivers uh, went off for 100 yards there, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. So we'll have to see. I mean, Sammy Watkins should have a little bit of bounce-back game as uh, Miko Hardman and Demarcus Robbins come down to earth. It's The question is, can you sustain all these guys in production? Last week, Watkins was the odd man out with Hardman. And Robinson and uh, Travis Kelsey getting the scores on the big fantasy day. So that's hard to figure out. But you figure Marlon Humphrey might draw his attention a little to Sammy Watkins and make uh, them beat you with other players. Uh, they haven't really faced much of the tight end. So I think I do like Kelsey, Robinson, Hardman, Watkins. You want a piece of this Chiefs offense, and particularly now because the way things are breaking down with Sean McCoy and uh, the, and Damian Williams hurting in the backfield. This team's going to throw, throw, throw. That's a strength. They're going to put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands. They're going to have to light up the scoreboard here. The Ravens doing damage on the other side. So it's going to be a lot of throwing and uh, bonanza on both sides. But Ravens might do a little bit more running, but overall good passing from Jackson and uh, Mahomes here. And it should be a great duel and uh, great uh, for a lot of uh, scoring this week, uh, pleasing to fantasy again. It's hard to predict between Watkins, Harmon Robinson, with Tyreek Hill out, uh, who's going to get the goods, but I would think it's more of a secondary and uh, maybe a third receiver getting involved in this one a little bit more, just like last week against the Raiders, who did have Garyon Conley back there in coverage against Watkins. So that that should be a lot of fun to watch, and I'm looking forward from reality perspective seeing Jackson Mahomes duel, and it's going to be rewarding too. 
if you've got shares of these team and good exposure to this game and DFS, uh, that's highly recommended as well. I think you want a couple parts of this, one on the Ravens side, one on the Chiefs side, at least here in week number three. The next game we'll talk about, we'll spend a little time on this one as well. The Packers are at home against the Broncos, and Broncos, there's not much to see there. Uh, I think it's a better matchup for Cortland Sutton than uh, Emmanuel Sanders because uh, look at the shiftiness of Jerry Alexander, the Packers' top corner. He was all over the field against Adam Thielen last week, and he made a play against Stephon Diggs as well. He's just a very rangy corner, and we know Sanders can move around as a hard guy, slippery guy to cover, but I think Alexander can do a good job on him. You have Sutton, who's the bigger-bodied guy, and we've seen them give up some here to the other receiver, Al Robinson, of the 100-yard game, using his body there in uh, week number one. And uh, week two, Savon Diggs was able to get open for a touchdown there. So I, I think Sutton's more that type, the downfield guy, bigger strength on the outside, while Sanders could be slowed down a little bit with the Alexander quickness. So that's a lot of a deep dive there, but you have to consider this when you're making these decisions. And uh, in the backfield, it would be Philip Lindsay that him going over with then Royce Freeman, Lindsay, they want to get involved more in the passing game. The Packers have been vulnerable to that early in the season. Gave a big catch to David Montgomery in week one. Dalvin Cook was all over the board there. So Lindsay's the guy, he's the lead guy ahead of Royce Freeman. Freeman might pilfer a touchdown, but I would say the consistent production which you're going to think about starting in your lineup is going to be on Philip Lindsay this week. Uh, that's for sure. That's where I'm going. Lindsay and Sutton. Guys, I want to get my lineup. Sanders, I might want to stray away from if you have got a reasonably good wide receiver 2-3 uh, borderline option that I would like to play instead. Now, on the Packers side of things, they're 7.5 seven point favorites. 43 is the under, so not expecting too much scoring, at least from the Broncos side with that implied total here. Now, with the Packers' uh, you look at the, their situation. I mean, Aaron Jones, there's nothing scary about the Broncos' run defense. Uh, gave up a good game to David Montgomery here last week, week one, Josh Jacobs. So this year they get a little bit older back, but still a young guy that's getting some good work here in Aaron Jones. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, again, nothing scary about the Broncos' secondary either. We saw Derek Carr in a similar offense carving them up there in week one. Rodgers is probably going to get you a couple more touchdowns. I think this is the week that Adams, Devontae Adams, finds the end zone. A double-digit touchdown automatic. He hasn't scored in the first two weeks. It makes sense that he would score now. Now, I think there, you know, there's also a case that Marcus Valdez-Scantling and uh, Geronimo Allison will be, be busy. Allison is the guy that scored last week. Uh, Valdez-Scantling had a big play. So I think these guys can be involved their way because uh, outside of uh, Chris Harris Jr., the the Broncos are not very good here at quarterback. So that's going to open things up. Packers offensive line is playing well. That's going to keep them protected from uh, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb at home. Lambeau, this is the game where Aaron Rodgers has the big uh, passing day with uh, two or three touchdowns that you're looking for when you drafted him as an early QB1, that's for sure. And I think you feel pretty confident there about uh, that for sure. Now, we got a few more games to talk about in this uh, first half of our matchup shows here for week three, and we'll close the show talking about those games. But first, I got to tell you when we get to those games, at the end of the hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and just watch that football and game winning touchdowns on two minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing like the NFL 
for the excitement of all that, and it's even better when they're on your fancy team. What it's even better than that when you can bet on these games as well. And so you got to do the smart thing. This is the best time of year to bet on football, of course, uh, with things getting revved up here. you got to go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book online. Don't forget, where you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting on. And mybookie.ag is one of the best in the business with their player perks. It's where I like to play and it's where you should, too. And if you don't like to bet a lot, uh, you can uh, bet a little and try parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year to be at my bookie. Join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's the promo code locked on. Just visit mybookie.ag today. Visit, enter that promo code locked on. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. We'll be right back to talk about our final three games of matchup Wednesday on the early window of the Week 3 NFL schedule. All right, uh, three more games that we'll talk about here to close the show. The first one, still in the 1 p.m. window, Eastern Time, on Week 3 Sunday. The Eagles are seven-point favorites. 46.5 is the over-under against the Lions here. And uh, with the Lions' side of things, this is good for the receivers. Uh, barring any trade here for Jalen Ramsey or something that's going to change up the Eagles' secondary, they're pretty bad on the back end. They gave up uh, big days to both uh, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. That's good news for Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones on the outside against the Eagles. The Eagles are actually okay in the middle at times uh, with Avante Maddox, but really can be exploited on the outside. So you're not stretching to Danny Amendola or anything crazy like that, but Marvin Jones should have his best game yet to date. Galladay should keep rolling. He scored the first two games. He's the clear number one getting the targets like that for Matthew Stafford. You've got to like it that they're not running as much as you think, and we thought it was going to be a power running team to two tight ends and do all that, but they're not. They're still throwing a lot with Matthew Stafford, so Stafford you got to like. If uh, Galladay and Jones can get going, I like T.J. Hawkinson as well. I think the Eagles are a bit overrated in covering the tight end. Gave a big play up to Vernon Davis in week one, and we saw Austin Hooper make a couple plays there for the Falcons there. So Hawkinson I'm going with as well, and uh, that all ties into Stafford as a very strong look. DFS on sleeper, deep league play. Definitely in Q- two QB leagues, Stafford has to be in your lineup there on the road. And uh, again, with the spread there and the, the total, you'd think the Lions are going to be throwing quite a bit to catch up with Carson Wentz and Eagles. Now the Eagles, we know, are going to be without Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. We learned of that news on Wednesday morning, so we want to have all the updated news there for you. But Nelson Aguilar, we know, is going to be heavily involved. Zach Ertz, of course, gets an uptick now with Jeffrey out. But it's who's the next receiver that could get some production here. Remember, the Lions are not bad in the secondary. They do have Darius Slay. Aguilar can be avoiding this a little bit because he was a big slot usage guy there. The question is, Mac Collins and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, how are they going to use these guys there to uh, make sure Aguilar can get on the inside, play him off Ertz and all that stuff. So I think you want to avoid the big play Slay kind of matchup there for the Eagles, but I think Aguilar just by volume alone has to be a play with uh, two targets out, and we know Carson Wentz trusts him. He took over as the number one receiver there when the other two went down against the Falcons, so that's what you have to really look at. Here the usage and targets. Now Hollins and White and Ortega Whiteside, that's just hard to uh, determine there who's going to get the more action. Uh, the Jaw could have a little bit more 
run this week and that he's prepared to start. He's kind of the replacement for Alshon Jeffrey in this offense. So there's that in, in terms of body type and usage. But all this being said, you're still trusting Carson Wentz without Jackson and Jeffrey. There's a lot of weapons around him. They like to throw into the end zone. He can do some running and score. We know that as well. It's at home. This is where Carson Wentz plays his best, and they rack up a lot of points. It's also a good week to uh, deploy Miles Sanders. Jordan Howard is pretty much fading in this offense with very little usage. Darren Sproles, who started week one, was nowhere to be seen for much of the game. Part of the matchup there against the Falcons there with their fast linebacker safeties, Deion Jones, it wasn't a good place to put Sproles in. The Lions actually struggle with the backs in coverage, so you could see Sanders getting to the outside, Sproles getting a few catches for some cheap PPR attention here in deeper leagues uh, where you can consider. But Miles Sanders, you've been waiting. Flex play to do something here, and I think this is a week where he could do something. The Lions are typically good against the run with Snacks Harrison in there, but really struggled with the scat backs early uh, that are involved in the receiving game, David Johnson and Austin Eckler and uh, Sproles. Kind of fits that profile, but I think Sanders will get more run here in this backfield there. So Aguilar definitely should be in lineups as wide receiver three with those two guys sitting. Ertz is going to live up to his tight end one billing this week. And Sanders, I think, sleeper finally busts out a little bit here, but uh, when still startable for sure at home in a game that uh, certainly is going to live up to uh, expectations in terms of the matchups. They're just too good in this particular week. Now, our next game we'll talk about is the Raiders and the Vikings. Oakland travels to Minnesota. Minnesota is now bumped up to an eight and a half point favorite. So, number keeps going up, but it's heading towards ten right now. So, pretty heavy on the Viking side. What's not heavy is the over/under. It's trending around 44, 43 and a half. So, not a lot of scoring in terms of uh, implied total for the Raiders if the Vikings dominate this game at home. Again. Uh, you can't like anything on the Raiders this week. I mean, Darren Waller is going to see tough coverage there. Tyrell Williams, he's banged up. He's got uh, Xavier Rhodes and this good secondary on the other side. Josh Jacobs is having knee issues, not catching passes to help his production. You can't straight up power run against the Vikings there. You have to loosen them up a little bit. And it's going to be very hard for the Raiders to do that with the potentially uh, limitations there at wide receiver and in the backfield around their car. So, Bench all your Raiders. That's pretty easy. Start everything you can on the Vikings. Now, we want some more volume from Kirk Cousins. We may not get it here, unfortunately, because, again, 10-point favorites, a low over-under. They got away with 10 passes with Kirk Cousins in Week 1. This could be another blowout again for the Vikings. So you'll need to get those early there. So and Diggs and Gary on Conley could be th- tricky. I think Thielen will be a little bit more productive than Diggs in this game, but they got to do it early, get it out of the way, and then turn the game over to Dalvin Cook, and he's going to be at another smash spot. So Dalvin Cook, going to get heavy DFS consideration, but it doesn't matter. You want to try to target him because it's a perfect game for him at home to uh, just destroy it there. I know the Raiders weren't run on much with the Broncos and uh, what the Chiefs did last week, but the Vikings, that's what their bread and butter is. They want to get that involved. So hopefully you get those big plays. Uh, Thielen can get something done. Diggs maybe fight through that matchup to get a short touchdown. Uh, not going to Kyle Rudolph here at all, but Diggs and Thielen, the volume's down, but this is the type of game where they can produce, and Cook is just in a smash spot. He is definitely one of the top RB1s right now with his usage, talent, and production in the Vikings defense. Also in a great spot to put up a big game this week. Finally, the last game we'll talk about as we talk about the first half of the games here on the week 
three NFL schedule is the one that uh, is uh, not looking good for the visitors here, the Jets and Patriots. The Patriots, this line is astronomical. It's anywhere between 22.5 to 24 points. It's an insane number, but the Patriots with their defense and their offense and the Jets with their defense and their offense, it shows nothing really needs to give in this game for that to happen now. The total is interesting. It's 43.5 here, so they're expecting a lot of those points, obviously, to be on the Patriots' side. So low scoring overall, I think people are expecting New England to slow down the game a little bit. To me, they're pretty relentless. They kept Tom Brady in really late in the game and took it to the Dolphins. Uh, He was throwing a touchdown pass there to really make his day monstrous there at the end. He had a big game, of course, against the Steelers. So they're going to throw quite a bit in this game. Antonio Brown, we saw Odell Beckham Jr. make a play against the secondary. There were Tremaine Johnson was benched. So they're going to throw it all over the park, but it could be a lot of Antonio Brown then turning over to the running game here. It's going to be hard between Julian Edelman, who can struggle a little bit against the Jets' slot coverage at times. You're kind of touchdown dependent on these guys a little bit. With the targets uh, flowing to Brown and being spread out to Gordon, Josh Gordon and Edelman and then James White. It's a little frustrating there. Philip Dorsett is also not going away from this offense. So a little frustrating to trust anyone behind Antonio Brown. Hopefully the best for Edelman. For, for right now, you have to sit Gordon. It's because these type of big smash spots, if Brown makes a play, Edelman makes a play, they run in a touchdown, Brady uh, finds some random person in the end zone, they're not going to need much for Gordon in this one. So that's frustrating for Gordon owners with the Brown deal. Now, on their backfield, it's really hard to navigate because Rex Burkhead and James White are cutting into each other's workload here behind Sonny Michelle. But Michelle was the guy that we know with a big lead. He's their closer back, the power back. He figures to get a lot of touches in the second half and have another smash game here at home in the Patriots' defense over the board. Now, the only person you have to consider and you have to play for the Jets is Le'Veon Bell. He's pretty much the whole lifeblood of this offense now without Sam Darnold. He's going to get massive targets again from Luke Falk. He's going to get a lot of carries. Uh, the Patriots will do all their best to stop him, but they'll probably yield something in garbage time to Le'Veon Bell here, and we saw him put up a pretty good garbage day, minus the fumble there against the Browns on Monday night. So Bell's the only Jet right now. Robbie Anderson's going to see Stephon Gilmore. Jamison Crowder is pretty much gone without uh, Darnold in there. So just an M-E-S-S for the J-E-T-S and uh, I just don't see uh, them doing much beyond Bell, but Bell's still valuable to you as a borderline RB2, even in an offense this bad. So there you have it. There's a look at the first half of the games on the Week 3 NFL schedule, breaking everything down from a fantasy football and gambling perspective. And as a reminder, we're not done. we got eight more games to talk about on Matchup Thursday, including the Dolphins, Cowboys, the Giants, Bucks, uh, Saints, Seahawks, Steelers 49ers, some good games on the back end there that we'll talk about for fantasy football. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you tomorrow for Matchup Thursday. Uh, 